And welcome back to another fine Thursday morning with BTV. Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, we're back. And it's our flesh and potatoes segment. We're going to be talking about corporate chaos. Two movies that are delving into the fucked up world of corporatism and corporate jobs uh, that are horror based and uh, are pretty graphic, I guess, a little bit. Pretty fun. Yeah. But we're talking about Belko Experiment, the Belko Experiment, and Mayhem. I've worked a lot of corporate jobs, and I've had a lot of bad times because I think oftentimes when you work for a corporation of some sort, there are some jobs that will appreciate you for moving up the ladder, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes moving up the ladder means that you risk losing your job. Like, you know what I mean? You just don't know. Like, it's more of a headache than it is worth all the extra work. You probably make more money than being a manager. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes, Mm -hmm. although you do get more opportunities being a manager with other jobs. So there's that, right? Right. I've worked in education. Like, I've not, not teaching or anything, but selling education to three different colleges. And my God, dude. Those jobs will drive you fucking nuts, man. Sales jobs in general would make you go fucking ape shit, dude. So, I don't know. There's just I'm sure all of us have probably at some point worked for a giant corporation. Yeah. And or at we've least ex- some call center jobs. Right. And we've experienced some of the people that we meet in those corporate jobs, whether it's the chatty Kathy person who's so nosy and won't leave you alone and you just don't like them because they won't leave you alone. Sometimes there's the, you know, the guy that doesn't want to work and makes you do all the extra work, but you can't really, like, call him out on it. There's always that guy. (laughs) Yeah, and then there's some of those people that always want to cause you problems by pointing out all of your flaws, even though they don't point out their own. And It's just like, you know, it's a a hostile work environment sometimes. You show up five minutes late to work, and now you're a fucking scumbag that's never made them any money or put in any work into it, you know? It's ridiculous. So I'm not saying that all corporate jobs are bad, guys. I'm just saying that we've all been in the environment mostly. Everybody it, can relate. Everybody can relate to, to that. How people have felt, especially in one of the films over the other. Maybe yeah. about like why they would feel that kind of like rage. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we've all been there. You're overworked and overlooked, and yeah, constantly. And I think so. this, you know, we're in a, in a time 
right now where it's a really touchy subject, first of all, for people to go crazy in a work environment. It scares people in a way because there is such thing as corporate chaos. Yep. Uh, I don't know if that's the, the legit term, but I've heard it used before. You know what I mean? Not necessarily for a genre, a subgenre of horror, corporate chaos, but I think it's it's pretty apropos, don't you think? Agreed. Yeah, so why don't we just go ahead and just kick off our flesh and potatoes with a little bit of corporate chaos. So what we'll do is we're going to go in chronological order of the movies that came out. So we're, we're going to kick it off with the Belko experiment, which I did the uh, lion's share work for. Um, the Belko experiment came out technically in 2016, um, but it was officially released into the wild <laughs> March 17th of 2017. St. Patrick's Day. Right. So in the budget was $5 million, and it made about $11.1 million at the box office. It was projected to gross about $4 million in the opening weekend, and it made about 305000 <laughs> from Thursday night previews and $1.5 million on its first day, and it went on to open to $4.1 million, finishing seventh at the box office. Did it actually go to theaters? Yeah, it was in theaters everywhere. They got distribution oh. everywhere. Interesting. Um, I remember that coming out. <laughs> I did. I went to the theater to see it. Holy shit! That's and that might have been part of the problem. They had a lot of advertising for it, which I'll I'll I don't talk about. Remember that at all? Like I, I never heard of it until I saw it on fucking Netflix. Okay. Well, they the the reviews for it have been a little bit over the top. They're very mixed. Um, they they like it, they fucking hate it. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes gave the film an approval rating of 53% based on about 78 critics with an average rating of a 5.4 out of 10, which is really low. Isn't it like Roger and Ebert, whatever, like 1.2 out of 5 or 4 or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. That's Crazy ridiculous, low. dude. On Metacritic, uh, which... It assigns a normalized rating. The film has a score of 44 out of 100 based on 21 critics indicating mixed or average reviews. So I remember doing the... I went to the theater with Christina because I was super excited to go see this movie because I was like, oh, I want to see the crazy shit, you know? Um, and they kept comparing it to Battle Royale in The Office, so... Well, it's like a mixture. Right. Of the two, very... I Very made so. I this is around the time that I was like reading reviews of some of the movies that I liked because I always like to read reviews after I see a movie to see what other people think. No, I agree. I do the same thing. Um, I remember making fun of a lot of the people. I think I put on some like really nice music, like like uh, you know classical music, not you know like mm -hmm. violins and shit, yeah, Beethoven or whatever. And Which it was like do. I was making fun of some of the people because they were like talking about how it was battering images on its uh, on our eyes and like how disgusting it was and like how it had no place in society, you know, like how disturbing and blah, blah, blah. And well, all this. the timing was kind of weird. Probably. That's what I'm saying. Like this came out. First of all, it was in competition with Lady or Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> the live action, uh -huh. which, which did really well. The story for this movie, The Belko Experiment, is 
In a twisted social experiment, 80 Americans are locked in their high-rise corporate office in Bogota, Colombia, and ordered by an unknown voice coming from the company's intercom system to participate in a deadly game of kill or be killed. So it was directed by Greg McLean, who, as most of you probably know, is Wolf Creek 1 and 2 director. He also did three episodes of the TV show, which just got a second season, uh, which actually wasn't too bad. It's not bad. I liked it. Uh, he did, he's also working on uh, worked on a new movie called Jungle. And one of my least favorite movies that he did that I have spoken poorly of time and time again is The Darkness with Kevin Bacon. I fucking hated that movie. That movie pisses me off. I don't know why there is a section of hate in my life that is dedicated to that. Specifically reserved for that movie. If you look at the pie chart, it's an awful big slice. You know, that and and like The Witch or something. Oh, all right. (laughs) Yeah, well, a lot of people hate me for that, but I, I just, you know, I got a lot of hate. I wrote a review giving it like a five out of, or five or six out of 10, and people were pissed at me. That's a, it's pretty generous. It was written by none other than James Gunn, who has written and directed many films. He actually, one of the first movies that he ever wrote was Tromeo and Juliet, which is pretty good, actually, for a trauma movie. Like, that was a pretty big budget, like, good movie, I thought. He also wrote Terror Firmer, Dawn of the Dead reboot, and he's also written and directed Super with Rain Wilson. He did Slither. Obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, which are fucking phenomenal. Big success for him. Congratulations. Uh, also, it stars a shitload of people. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking people. I movie. will attempt to go through the top eight or so. So just bear with me, guys. Obviously, you guys probably already know John Gallagher Jr., who was in... He plays Mike Milch in the movie. He was in 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I thought he did a phenomenal job in. He was also in Hush and Jonah Hex. Also stars Tony Goldwyn, who was Barry Norris, who was the COO of the company, that the government agency or whatever that they worked for. He was in the movie Ghost. He was the slimy dirtbag best friend who tried to screw dude's wife or whatever. Uh, I love that fucking movie. He's on the TV show Scandal as the president of the United States. He, he is looks like a slimy motherfucker, too. He kind of is. Uh, he's the last house on the left. He was in that movie, uh, the remake. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yep. That was actually not a bad movie. He was in the movie Six, The Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's also the voice of Tarzan animated movie and video games. And, of course, Jason Lives, part six. Suck it. That one's a, that's, I love Jason Lives. That's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Um, also stars Adria Arjona. She plays Leandra Flores. She's technically Mike's girlfriend or they're together, whatever. She was in the show uh, Emerald City. She's also in watch that. the new Pacific Rim Uprising that's coming yeah. out. She's kind of a newer actor, so Side she hasn't note, done a lot. I'm excited for that. Uh, I really liked Pacific Rim, so. I, I did like Pacific Rim, but this one looks like bubblegum. I don't care. It doesn't look right. It should be directed by... Well, I mean, I care, but... Guillermo del Toro. Agreed. Uh, John C. McGinley, one of my favorites of the whole entire cast. Yes. He is Wendell Dukes. He is in Scrubs, Point Break, Seven, Stand Against Evil, Identity, Office Space, and many, many others. Yeah. He's like... It's that one guy. Yeah. He's one of those. 
Yeah, well, he was he was great in Scrubs. I didn't watch the show, but a lot of people loved him on that in yeah. particular. And I He's think that's what sparked his. Yeah. Oh, he was just sarcastic and a fucking crazy guy. It's fantastic. Also, it stars Melonia Diaz. She plays Danny, aka the newbie. She was in Be Kind Rewind. She's also going to be in The Purge, The Island. By the way, which apparently they have another sequel no. coming out. Yeah. Probably not going to be that great, but... Be Kind Rewind is ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> yes. And she was also in Ghost Team, which was a silly kind of comedy ghost movie about a bunch of kids. Lords of Dogtown as well. Yeah, I love that movie. Um, That's where I recognize her from, I think. <laughs> yeah, I didn't... I She was really young Rather in those movies. Rewind. She was definitely young in those movies. Um, Owane Yeoman, who is Terry Winter. He's the guy that has the family, and they were, like, talking about petting the bats and shit with his family, talking to Mike. Uh, he was in the movie Troy, Generation Kill, Chrome Skull, Laid to Rest 2, and American Sniper. Also stars James Gunn, brother, Sean Gunn. He plays Marty, the water-drinking guy. Don't drink the water. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy movies, Tromeo and Juliet, The Gilmore Girls TV show, for seven years. He's another one of those. It's that guy, that one guy. Yeah. Like, he was also. don't know his name, but. He was even in the, the reboot in 2016 of mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls. I liked him in Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah. uh, I never watched it, so I have no clue. I did. He was also in Super and a weird little indie flick called The Hive, which it's not too bad. I own it on digital. Also, it stars uh, The Walking Dead star Michael Rooker, who was in the first couple of seasons of The Walking Dead. Yes. He was Bud, the building superintendent, and he was uh, not only in The Walking Dead, but Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, Slither, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. One of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, which Side is note. creepy as fuck. Such a good fucking movie. Um, there's a ton of other actors, and I want to get into all of them, so I will just leave it at that. There are many other faces in that crowd. Uh, one guy that was from the show called The Missing... Uh, which was actually a pretty decent show on yeah. Netflix. The, show was the good. first season was good. The second season got weird. Um, but what are your thoughts on this movie, Brittany? It's your first time seeing it, right? Yeah, it was my first time seeing it. So lay into it. Uh, I don't, I enjoyed it. It's really fast, obviously. Fast you thought it was fast-paced? Eh, ish. Well, a lot of the death scenes are, because they have to be, because you're trying to kill off like 80 people. Okay. In like an hour and 20 minutes or however long the runtime is in the movie. But then also make it make sense. I don't know. It made me sad. <laughs> like, to be yeah. honest, it made me really sad. There's That's why like I didn't have fun watching this movie at all. Like it has its moments where they have like some like bits and pieces of like, you know, they try to do the like comedic relief kind of moments. Sure. To break it up. Right. And but those moments are really good. They I are. Say, they yeah. are really good. It's, it's well written. But I just I didn't enjoy watching it necessarily. Like, I mean... It's not fair to say I didn't enjoy watching it because it is a decent movie. I just I felt more depressed at the end than anything. (laughs) And half the time I'm just like, oh, God, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's a cool idea for sure. That's why I I thought it was unique. It was a unique story. It makes you kind of reconsider how you would act being put in that situation. Yeah, sure. you You know, it makes you think. About that, like... Where would you stand in that situation? Where would you stand, yeah. Like, what side would you be on? What would you do? Like, where would you go? Like, you know, and they throw in some fucking twists in there that make it obvious that you have to do whatever they're telling you to do. Otherwise, you're just going to fucking die anyway. Right. But, I don't know. It makes you kind of reconsider who you are as a person and, like, your humanity (sighs) or your reason or whatever, you know? And it was cool. It made for an interesting movie, but 
just sad. Really sad. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I, I have some thoughts on it. I mean, I have done a review. If you guys want to check that out, the video review is like five minutes long. This is probably going to be a little bit more in depth from me if you've already seen that. So don't worry. It's not like I'm just regurgitating shit. I actually put some extra thought into it this time. But um, I mean, first off, in my opinion, corporations essentially use people for a larger gain. Uh, be- people come become numbers. I've felt that way many times working for a corporation, trying to get ahead. It feels like at any moment, like it's just a game of chance Right. working for a corporation. It doesn't matter how good you are at your job. It just matters how well you suck up at your job, yeah, essentially. Yeah, you suck. Pretty much. It feels... I mean, I maybe I've just had a bad go of it, and no. I don't just hate corporations to hate corporations, guys. It's pretty much the general consensus. I've just worked at a lot of corporate jobs, and a lot of the... Maybe it was just sales, because I was in sales, and I did really well at it, and... I wasn't the best always, like the very best, but I was usually in like the top five salespeople in in the office and stuff because I could just relate to people. But still, man, so I could kind of relate to this movie. Um, the idea that people are kind of sort of di- disposable in the corporate setting in a way already is kind of an interesting concept to play with. Yeah, it plays on that very the stress well. of working at a job like that, the the camaraderie that you have to have with all the employees, even though you hate these people because of HR and all this other bullshit. Um, it's very cathartic release, I guess, to see this happen in a way. Um, but it, this is a, is a bit more serious than something like the movie we're going to be talking about next. Um, and it follows kind of a pretty legitimate human reaction from each of the characters. There's like infighting, reasoning, irrational behavior, and panic all for survival. Uh, it's it, it grays out the line kind of between irrational and rational choices. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. I really like that aspect of it, which to me is just perfect. Like I honestly really think it's a, it's a, that is a, I am really into how the mind works right. and what I would do in a situation. I think they did it correctly too honestly because they get almost instantaneously they kind of split into two groups like the good guys and the bad guys well they have a lot of different groups you know yeah Yeah, but it's it's kind of how it fair like it squares off right you know like they have people that don't necessarily give a fuck and then they have people that want to try and make this out sparing as many lives as possible initially initially and it's a very gets real and then they're like oh no it's kind of it's kind of a weird mix too because it's like it's very serious in a lot of ways and it's kind of a very sensitive subject for a lot of people because you know we've all had that feeling like when's it gonna go off (laughs) like because there's so much stress in that one building right then when it hits with its comic relief though like you were saying it really does kind of make you enjoy it because it's like god thank you i needed a breath of fresh I needed air that. yeah yeah like i needed to breathe just a little bit because yeah, they had to throw that in for this they really did it's so weird because like even james gunn says it's like a thriller it's like a comedy it's like horror it's like drama it's like all of these things mm-hmm. um but it's not exactly hilarious all the time, I'll just say that, but it's pretty crazy balance of tension, comedy, gore, lots of great actors in the movie, mixed with great character writing, which, I, as I've mentioned in my video review, kind of helps to make you wonder who will survive in the end, because there is such a huge cast. Mm-hmm. There is new people in there too, and which they even kind of do a lot of unknown characters that you may follow for long periods of time or not or die off right away. Like you just don't know. So I personally feel like this movie puts the viewer in a state of 
what would I do, like you said, mm-hmm. or which side would I stand on? Like, what is rational? What is irrational? Which is pretty interesting to me because nobody knows exactly what they would do in that kind of situation until they're presented with one. Right, until they're in it. Right. Yeah, you can say a million things. Because but... there's fight or flight. Like, you just don't know. Yeah. You don't know, man. And it's, it's easy to say, oh, I would be there. I would not allow that to happen. Like, I, you know, I chimed in with Christina a couple of times and I'm like, yeah, I would never do that. Yeah. Like, like, it's just, you just don't know. I when probably you're, start killing people. When you're backed into a corner <laughs> like know. that, you don't know. No, you really don't. You don't know until you're submerged into that situation. Which is great. Entirely. That's why I like this movie so much, because that tension is really, it's like, you can cut it with a knife, dude. It's there. You feel it the whole time. Like, you feel, like, I literally felt like I couldn't breathe in, like, multiple, like, situations. And and I would say that the the movie is a little slow. That's why I thought it was weird that you said well, a lot of the kills like fast the, I should say more of so the kill scenes. Like a lot of them felt like are very fast and very quick, right? But they have to be because, like I said, they're trying to off like eighty people right. essentially. So yeah, they've got to be quick when they go into mass sequencing like that. But yeah, it, it was a little slow because it takes a bit for it to build up to mass chaos there's a lot of slow parts in it for some people yeah. for most people i would yeah. say well because they, they you know obviously they try and go do this whole plan and all these different plans that they tried and set into motion to figure out how to fix it and right you just fix what's going on without killing all these people and essentially guys to give you an idea i mean i kind of told you what the story is but there is so many characters in this movie that like you really get to know each and every one of them it's it's Kind of a huge feat, in my opinion, to be able to handle so many characters and so many great actors yeah. with so much care in the writing. Like, even James Gunn himself said that he felt like he was killing off people he loved, which sucked. Well, yeah, his brother's one of them. Yeah, well, that too. But, I mean, <laughs> like, he just loved these characters, each and every one of them, so much because he puts so much character into them. For the people, and it is pretty, like I said, it's a huge feat that they could do that with not 80 characters, maybe like 25, Yeah, but still, that's a lot of fucking characters. I was going to say, not all of them. You don't know all of them. Not everybody can do 25 characters, even in a season. Right. In a season, which is like, you know, 9 to 12 hours of fucking shit, you know what I mean? Um, Anything else you want to add to that? It's impressive, for sure. Oh, no. Okay. No. Well, there is some interesting trivia uh, about this movie. Like I mentioned, it did premiere in 2016, actually. It was at the Toronto International Film Festival, which happened on September 10th, 2016. And shortly after, Bloomhouse, Tilt, and Orion Pictures decided to acquire the U.S. distribution rights to the film, and they set it for that March 17th release date in 2017. Neat. So the same people that are buying Anna and the Apocalypse. Yay. Uh, James Gunn, essentially, when he wrote this, he had a dream about the trailer of this movie. Huh. And he was so inspired by it that he started to literally write the story straight for two weeks. He said that he tore a disc in his back, that he was hunched over the desk for so long writing this because he was so invested into the, the characters. And you can kind of tell that. In my opinion, I really feel like each of the characters got a lot of care and he really was very specific. Um, but I thought that was like crazy. Like he really got into it. But uh, he also wrote the film as the Belko with a C instead of a K prior to directing the 2010, uh, the 2010 film called Super with Rain Wilson from The Office as D- Dwight, that guy. 
although he did back away from the project once it got greenlit because he was about to get a divorce <laughs> around the same time. Mm-hmm. And he said, quote, I just wanted to be around my friends and family. I didn't want to go shoot this thing. That was about people who loved and cared about each other. Right yeah, about, it was about about people who were loved and cared about each other being forced into killing each other. It just didn't seem to be the way I wanted to spend the next few months of my life. So right. I backed out of it. So he was going to direct it. Maybe he dodged a bullet. Mm-hmm. I think this movie is going to be a cult classic. Eventually, yeah. I think people will start to go, oh, you remember that movie? And then it'll eventually grow. Because yeah. like, look at how many movies that have bombed in the theater and then became like... And have done insanely well 10 years later. Right, yeah. Like, you just don't know. I, like I, most and it, of the movies we love. <laughs> I, I, a lot of them, yeah. It's true. Um, James Gudd did say that um, working with Greg McLean, who is the director of this movie was one of the most ex- positive experiences. He said that, you know, even though he's the producer and he wrote the script, that McLean and him worked really well together and he was very accepting of each other's ideas because they both have very different styles. Mm-hmm. Greg McLean is very raw and dirty and, like, in your face and, like, James Gunn is very silly, funny, and, like, character-driven, you know? So it was kind of a good compare, a good pair, I think. Yeah. Um, McLean said that the emotions of the characters in this movie make it a horror film and that it inevitably makes it a horror because of that. If it wasn't for the character development, in other words, there would be no horror. It would just be a comedy, in a way. Like, he's saying that if you didn't care for the characters, you wouldn't it wouldn't be a horror movie. I don't know how this could be considered a comedy in, in any way, shape, or form. It is. But... It is a horror thriller comedy. I mean, Get Out is considered that. That's true. I don't know. If you laughed in the movie... I, I get that, yeah. It's then like, there's comedy in there. Part. Yeah, it's not just comedy, but it is, you know, there is a horror element to it because it's very tragic. Right. There's it's a also lot of a, really great acting in this movie, too. A lot of tension for the thriller. There's a lot of, like, off-color humor <laughs> a little bit you know like um i don't know comic relief was pretty pretty spot on i thought like i needed it <laughs> yeah because it's pretty intense everybody did <laughs> uh i don't know if you remember when this movie came out because you said you didn't really see anything about I it knew but nothing about it they had a, a lot of really creative advertising for this movie including the claymation guy lee hardcastle who's done a lot of shorts and like I think it was the ABCs of death and like other stuff, but he's done other commercials for like, I think he did this movie where it was like a guy was sticking videotape cassettes inside his body and he was like becoming the characters like RoboCop and shit. He's a really talented claymation artist, um, which is pretty much a lost craft at this point for the most part. Um, But it's super gory. They had numerous posters with choose your weapon, um, which I kind of feel like the, the the reason that they marketed this as a comedy, I think, is what made it lose its base. Like, why I think a lot of people may not have given it the chance that it probably deserved. Yes, it was not supposed to be taken too seriously, but in the same regard, some of the best things about it, in my opinion, are the characters, the tension, and putting yourself, like you said, in that moment. Right. Um, I think it probably could have impacted the real intense moments that people were expecting to laugh riot, and, and it wasn't. And it wasn't, yeah. Yeah. So I think that kind of like divided people, and then they didn't have many positive things because their expectations were, oh, it's a comedy! 
Yeah, then they go in just a bunch of people dying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this isn't funny. (laughs) With really, really fucked up. Yeah, and and like you said, like, it's, you know, we've been having a lot of, like, you know, shootings and stuff like that. It was a weird time. Yeah. Just weird time for that to come out, I feel like. So that's that's why I think, what I think attributed to a lot of the negative reviews. You think? Just in the time that it came out and the social climate that we were in, in that moment, people are, don't find it entertaining to yeah, go it's, and it's watch. Not, it's not humorous. Eighty people kill themselves, kill each other. Yeah, you know. So I can, I can definitely see and understand why people didn't like this movie or didn't. Which is so weird because fair to it because when when there's turmoil pol- politically or disasters or things like that, horror seems to thrive. Right, and that, that's yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of people are just unfair. To this yeah. movie and their judgments. I mean, yeah, it made me really sad and depressed, but I was like, it was still good. Yeah. It was still entertaining, like, throughout, and a lot of the work on it is fantastic. The acting is phenomenal. Like, the characters are really good. Right, yeah, there's, like, a and, big cast in this. Yeah, there's a huge cast, and they, they do a really good job, and even a lot of, like, the side, like, sub-characters that don't have major roles are fantastic. Yeah. And, I don't know, I think it was just, it played to a lot of... I played to a lot of elements that a lot of people don't agree with, like the the whole you know kind of Auschwitz style, like lining people up and <laughs> yeah, that was pretty thing. intense. I hated that scene. Like that it, was my I don't want to say, but it's it's one of my favorites in the fact that it created this insanely amazing tension, and they do this a lot in a lot of like horror genres or like not even a horror genre, like historical type like movies or TV shows or whatever, they use that kind of element frequently. So that's why I also felt that it was a little harsh to be so like angry with this movie for doing that. Cause they do this all the time Okay. in a lot of things, but I don't know. Like, the tension that it created was very organic and it was really natural. Um, and they did I a would great think job. that's a good and thing. It though. is a good thing. No, I, I agree. I think it's a good thing. Like, was it in a little bit of poor taste? Sure. <laughs> But, well, and that's where a lot of the best and, acting... And that's what horror is all about. That's where a lot of the best acting and stuff came from, though, for me. So that's why I really actually, like, even though it was fucked up, I actually liked that scene. Right. So, well, did you know that they actually tried to promote a video game for this? Oh, God. It was called uh, Belco Experiment Escape Room in VR, released for virtual <gasps> reality. Oh, God, no. Right? I kind of feel like maybe they... I mean, I'd play it, but... <laughs> I'll so, be honest. I know, but uh, like I didn't even know that. I would put. I would totally. I kind of want to look that up now and see someone play it. I can. They did. They do it. Yeah. No, they did it. It came out. Like it's I, a I thing. think so. Like, I can, That's what I, it. I can play this. game. I vaguely remember something like that, but I don't know. It's. Oh no. I know. So I think that they kind of missed the mark on people. But if you figure, like, first of all, Greg McLean is Wolf Creek. If you guys have seen oh, Wolf Creek yeah. 1 and 2, then you pretty much know what to expect from this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why anybody would expect anything else. Yeah. And then secondly, you got James Gunn, who's like the silly guy, you know, who writes like good characters and is really good at writing characters. So in a way, he created these lovable things and then killed them off in fucked up ways you know what i mean yeah. so i don't know i i, I think they kind of missed their mark for a lot of the li- like viewers but I, I really think that if you guys should give you should give it a chance now do you have any particular favorite scenes uh um, i actually had like a kind of funny little fact toyed oh i didn't know you had any Go um ahead. i just like i just had like you talked about mostly all the stuff that i looked was gonna mention but 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you're filming a kind of movie like this and you're working with so many actors and actresses and you're kind of in this like confined space, you have the natural conversation of, if you were actually put into this situation, who would you kill? Or who would you kill first? Right. Essentially. And the unanimous decision amongst everybody on the cast of this film was that they would kill Michael Rooker. <laughs> what? That's what I said. I'm like, why? I love him. Like, I don't know if he was an asshole to everybody or what, but that was the unanimous he choice. He was the nicest guy. That's why I'm like, what the fuck? Like, unanimous. Everybody said they'd kill him first. And it's I because think it's of because The Walking Dead. I Probably. Yeah. And I honestly, I think it's because he's a badass that can take care of his fucking own self and he will come after you in the end. So I, I can see like why that would be. I would kill the slimy ass. Maybe. Yeah. First, so though. they were like trying to make it like a that's so weird. It though. is weird. I thought the same thing. I'm all what the fuck? Like when I, I was, remember hearing something about that, yeah, too. One of the interviews with um, James when they were trying to pump out the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the interviews. Um, that I watched with James actually is when mm-hmm. he's like he talks I, about I think, it. I'm I like, think I saw so that. Yeah. Up. Why would you kill him? <laughs> I kill that slimy ass looking say. motherfucker first. But they're like, no, no, no. It's because you're a badass, though. And he's it's like, oh, you're all right, so he's like, cool. And I'm assuming that's why. Like they didn't go into detail of why everybody fucking said Michael Rooker. Right. And I'm like, what the hell? That like I joined forces with that guy. Are you kidding me? Yeah, dude, how he dies too. We'll get into that in a little bit. By the way, guys, this is probably the area that you're probably... Spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie, I highly urge you to check it out and then come back and listen to this just to see what you think of our favorite scenes. I don't, I'm not trying to scare you away from the podcast. Of course, we want you to come back. Just like I listen to reviews after I have seen the movie because I like to see what other people's you. opinion. Yeah, so this is spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Wow, that uh, cucumber beer is really manly kicking my ass. <laughs> um, it's crushing your spirit. So so <laughs> what are some of your favorite scenes, Brittany? Your favorite, your most favorites, like in the, earlier on. Actually, look, my, my, fav- my first scene that I really liked was when the first head explodes. Oh, um that young kid whoever it was and just standing there and all of a sudden it's covering like the coffee maker and shit they don't really sh- they show it but it's just like oh i thought just- that the guy the girl on the roof was the one that died oh you're right no you're right because it was on yeah it was uh because she's talking to what's his name marty yeah who they're smoking pot upstairs on the uh, roof yeah. on, and they're like what are you doing she's the first one she's the first one i With think the head that because i thought it was the younger kid because he's like Oh, I don't. I don't remember exactly. I just remember that one being one of the big ones. Yeah, you might be right. That's when shit kind of like spins. Well, out. that's when they realize that it's serious. It's serious. They have to f- listen to what they're being told, right? Because it doesn't matter. So, what was the kid them. though? Well, it was the they're in the they're in the room downstairs or the big. I think it was a lobby. Yeah. Or whatever. And oh, then that wouldn't have been it. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah, because the first right. one was, was the her. one on the roof because Marty's all like, hey, man, <laughs> you guys are just freaking out, man. Like, see me? Calm. Totally calm. Like, you guys don't even realize fucking they're sending you a gift from corporate fucking America. And then she pops. Yeah. Her head pops all over his face. And that's when he loses it, which is so great. I fucking love that. I was like, oh, man. It's awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. head exploding scene was cool. That, that was. Sad. That was true. Sad, but cool. Um, I was like, that's probably the way I'd want to go. Yeah. 
Well, not knowing when it's coming. Not knowing. But not know. knowing it's going to happen. I want to be one of the first people that don't know that shit's going right. to happen Right. I see what you mean. You don't want the anticipation. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to be like, fuck, someone just kill me or I have to kill all these other people and my head's going to explode. You know what I mean? I would probably be trying to cut the tra- the, tra- the thingy out, too. <laughs> Yeah, that that scene was that, that was a funny one to me. Yeah. A lot of the Marty scenes were pretty funny, even though they're you know probably for the material is probably a little off color for most people because I I've found that when people don't really understand what way the movie's supposed to be that that they don't typically like it and it only lands with those who get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the visits, one of those movies. Have you ever seen that M Night Shyamala movie? That's yeah. one of those movies that people didn't know what to do. I think it's just dark humor, and I'm a sick fuck, so shit's just fucked up to me all the time. Um, We did mention this a little bit, the lobby executions, I want to mention real quick, as one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie. And I think it's, like, super powerful. It's intense. I'm not really... I didn't really like the music that they were trying to play. That was a bad fucking choice. I thought it could have been more intense... Stupid. ...if they just didn't play that song i can understand the choice to put on music because of the the like choices that they had to make by killing people because they didn't want to lose 60 people and they had to do it etc like that the choices that they had to make but i i still think that it, it kind of kind of loses its impact with it that does. music they play the hotel california the like spanish version like it's all spanish versions of the songs is it spanish I don't even Spanish, know. Spanish, yeah. But it was a Latin. It's Latin. Latin version of uh, Hotel California. Um, but it kind of crescendos out of out of the lobby and into this like sort of intense emotional sort of uh, outpouring that's extremely real. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, where a lot of people, it's a make or break moment. Yeah. This is where <laughs> most know? people got turned off. Right. On this movie. Because you feel fear, anger, sadness, anxiety. And justice and a myriad of other different emotions. Yeah. In this like probably about ten or fifteen minute moment, maybe even twenty. Like it goes it, for a while because it because one this is where the turning point really like the turning point is when they find out that it's real, but this is where you start to question everyone around you, and it is really kind of abrasive for some people. This is the trust no bitch. Moment. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I thought that was a, like so powerful and so intense in that moment. It was like it puts you in the position right there of what would your last thoughts be? What would you do? Like, how would you deal with it? Like, oh, that, Some of the best acting comes in this moment, though. I think like, so, too. The most like impactful dynamic moments are in this scene. This yeah. is people like begging and pleading and crying and vomiting and whatever. Like, they're just like trying to do whatever they can to not get fucking executed. That's a pretty, it's a pretty intense moment for some people. And I can understand why some people would be upset because they put it into the mainstream theaters. So I'm sure like regular moviegoers are not expecting that kind of veracity. people that are like, oh, it's supposed to be a comedy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's go have fun. Oh my God. See, that's the silly thing to me. Like, what the fuck were you expecting? Like, were you really expecting to go into this movie and go, I'm not going to be offended? Yeah. Like, no, I knew it was going to annoy me at some points. Like That's what I'm saying. Like, but I like movies that make did me Did they like, go to the office to just play a game of Uno? And yeah. like, you know, they were just going to hang out and play this is, Uno. This is one of your gratuitous violence for almost <laughs> no reason movies. So, But there's a reason. Yeah. It's just non-stop. 
I liked it. I think that's one of the. I think that's one of the most powerful parts in the entire movie. One of my favorite scenes, but one of my least favorite scenes. Right, like I love it, it, but I hate it. It it takes your emotions on a fucking roller coaster ride. It does, which is brilliant. It's brilliant. That's what I. That's why I like it because it's like it makes you feel something, and I never feel anything. I'm socially. You're dead inside. (laughs) I never feel anything either. I'm an emotionless robot. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any other uh, scenes? Yeah, tape dispenser death. Can we talk about that? Uh, yeah. Well, there's a couple oh, before. And the, oh, what's his name? The Wendell. Wendell face. gets the axe in the face. Amazing. Yeah, that's pretty glorious. That was good. He's like, oh, and there's just a bang. And it was a girl too. And I'm like, it was yes. glorious. It was glorious. <laughs> because that's the sicko motherfucker that should have died from the get. Yes. Like that's the one you don't trust. I would have killed and him or the slimy ass guy. Him and that fucking big dude with the beard. Oh, he's a fucking asshole. What an asshole, dude! Like I wanted that guy I to was die glad bad. When he did. Yeah, but felt, he didn't. I don't think he died good. in like a really good way. He shot him. Yeah, but that chick that, shot him. Yeah, like in the heart. The, 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 not a fair way, like not how I would have wanted. It's to not die, about a but. fair way. It's just like it just needed to be more graphic, like Wendell, in my opinion, because Agreed. that guy was like really was intense. Asshole. He was like. I'm like, like, you look like, like my dad. Stop being such a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Uh, Fuck. The one guy was like, all right. The Barry guy's like, hey, guys. All right. I need anybody who has children under the age of 18 to step forward, please. Yeah, that's how they started and, their like separation for the execution. And so. Marty's friend steps up and he's like, hey, uh, I actually pay child support for my brother that my mom takes care of. I sent him paychecks, and he was like, "Did he come out of your fucking sack, you piece of shit? Out of your fucking sperm?" Yeah, he's such an no, ass- go sit the fuck down. He's such an asshole. It's like, damn, dude. But yes, the tape dispenser kill is glorious. I, I, I mean, it is the most mundane kill I method think. of yeah. murder. But the face uh, getting smashed is pretty. Oh, I don't it was know. Good. Yeah, it's it interesting. Good. Which make you could totally kill somebody with a tape dispenser because that shit is weighted. So there's like weights at the bottom of that. Yeah, shit, those so are heavy. heavy. Yeah, they so are heavy. It, it's it's completely. It's legitimate. got sand in it. That's yeah. what it is. It's totally legit, but it was cool. They did it really well. The oh, the gore and effects in this movie were and don't say who though because I don't want to spoil it too no. much. Yeah. I wasn't going to say who. I don't remember his name anyway. <laughs> I do. I know. I don't remember anybody's uh, I names. <laughs> I know all their names. Slimy <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> It's not slimy. He's a slimy motherfucker. Well, without spoiling anything else, guys, um, what do you what are your final thoughts on this? Like overall, interesting. Now that we can spoil it a little bit, just... interesting idea. Um, it's cool to see. There's a couple of different like actual like experiments that were taking place over the years that this can be compared to. Mm-hmm. Um, in real life, not just everybody compares it to battle royale, with not with schoolgirls, obviously, which makes sense because it's pretty much. Battle school girls royale. and boys battle royale have you seen those school um you haven't seen oh, battle royale long time ago oh dude we need to do those soon yeah, i'm fine with that one and two um but yeah i mean it makes you think i like movies that make you think i like movies that kind of submerge and immerse you into that situation and think of how you're going to respond if you were there yeah and you go could this happen in real life and then you look at these actual experiments that have been put on people have been through and it could actually fucking happen if they really wanted to make it happen. Maybe not in that kind of an extreme, but fair enough. In some form, so I I, I really like this movie. I think it gets a bad rap. Uh, I think it could be considered slow to some people. Like I mentioned, uh, after multiple watches for me, I've watched it three times now since it came out. Once in the theater, once when I bought it on Blu-ray, and just yesterday, um, 
yeah, watching it for me. And uh, I think I think the third time was like the the solidifier. Like the second time I watched it, I was kind of in and out a little bit. Didn't it didn't hit me the same? But when I watched it the third time, I was really invested, and I really liked it. I think uh, if you've ever worked at a corporate job, or if you've ever if you have ever wondered weird dark shit, uh, this is probably a good movie for you. If you have a dark sense of humor. Um, might be okay for you too, although it is a little distasteful for for a lot of people. So if you're a little highly sensitive to that kind of subject matter, it might not be for you. But I think the characters are so strong, it is pretty sad to see a lot of them go. Just like James Gunn said about his own characters. So, but I think it's worth watching and a better film than it ever gets credit. So it's up to you guys. Yep. I think you. I think I personally enjoy it a lot, and I've watched it three times this year. So this that's in a year, something. it's pretty good, right? It's a lot of that's a lot of times, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Well, we were gonna do an episode of it before, yeah, we and were. then we backed out because we got something else that happened. I don't remember what it was. I think we got an interview or something, probably. Anyway, so we have another movie that is within the corporate chaos realm, and Brittany did that one. So you want to tell us about that? I sure do. So we did a little ditty <laughs> on this movie. Um, called Mayhem, which came out in 2017. So, general idea about this movie or storyline, synopsis, whatever. Derek Cho is having a really bad day. After being unjustly fired from his job, he discovers that the law firm's building is under quarantine for a mysterious and dangerous red-eye virus. ID7. Or also known as ID7. Chaos erupts throughout the office as the victims of the disease begin acting out their wildest impulses. Joining forces with a former client who has a grudge of her own, Derek savagely fights tooth and nail to get to the executives on the top floor to settle the score. Dun, dun, dun. This film was directed by Joe Lynch, um, who is probably mostly well known for Wrong Turn 2, um, Knights of Badassdom, excellent name for a movie, and Everly. Um, it was also written by Matthias Caruso, uh, who did mostly all shorts. This was his first major full-length feature film that he wrote for or wrote. But some of the shorts he's done are Forgotten, Side Effects, and Numbers. It stars none other than Stephen Yoon, who plays Derek Cho, who you all better know him as Glenn from The Walking Dead. Right. He's also in Okja, who that also came out in 2017 on Netflix. Yeah. Um, and he's in Troll Hunters. It also stars Samara Weaving, who plays Melanie Cross, who also was in another Netflix horror movie that came out in 2017 called The Babysitter. She's also in another um, TV show called Smilf, and she's in a couple episodes of Ash vs. the Evil Dead. It also stars Steve Brand, who plays The Boss, who was in the TV series Helsing. He was also in Hellraiser Revelations and in the TV series for Teen Wolf. Um, also stars Dallas Roberts, who played the Reaper, who was one of my favorite actors, actually. Yeah, he was pretty good. He reminds um, me of someone from, like, uh, what's it, The Kids in the Hall or something. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just looks like one of them. I known, know him mostly for his role in Law & Order SVU, because um, it's one of my favorite shows ever. Okay. Um, But he played Yates, and he's a fucking psychopath, and if any of you out there watch that show, you'll know who I'm fucking talking about, because he's one of the worst... Fuckers um, in there. Villains. Yeah. Like well, that's probably characters. why they picked him for this movie. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, he typically plays that kind of character. He's also in My Friend Dahmer. Oh, I, which I've heard amazing um, things about. He, me too. And he's in several episodes of The Walking Dead as okay. well in another movie called The Gray. Last but not least, it also stars Caroline Chitsy, 
who is the siren, who was in Aeon Flux. She's in this season, season two of the Shannara Chronicles, and she was also in Everly, um, which is how she got hooked up with Joe Lynch. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a fun tidbit. There's a couple of connections to both of these movies, by the way, that I wanted to point out. Point it out. First of all, Joe Lynch, is he's also an actor, mm-hmm. and he's acted in quite a few uh, different things, like Holliston. He acted in that show. He was also in a movie called Terror Firmer, mm-hmm. which was... Written by James Gunn, who did the Belko experiment. So there's a connection there, right? We also have Michael Rooker from the Belko experiment, who was in The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And Steven Yun, who was also in The Walking Dead. Yep. And S- Dallas also is in The Walking Dead. Was he? Which one? Da- the What's his name? Dallas Roberts, who plays the Reaper. He was in like seven episodes of The Walking Dead. I don't remember him. I don't remember there. him either. His name was like Milo or some shit like that. Oh, he probably got killed off early on or I mean, something. He was in quite a few episodes, but huh. yeah. I don't remember him being in it either, but <laughs> it could have been a season I didn't watch. Maybe. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, he did Mouse seem familiar. Knows who I'm talking about, but I don't know. I know him from SVU and I don't care. <laughs> like, he's Yates. <laughs> he's horrible. Anyway. What were your thoughts on this movie? Well, uh, it's another entry into the I hate my corporate job cathartic release movie genre of corporate chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I think the movie's fun. It's stylish. It's well written. It flows like uh, Fight Club. It's yeah. a way faster pace than something like Belko Experiment. Oh, bam, bam. Yeah, bam. it's like really stylish in that sense. It's uh, it's like it's like, like I said, it's like Fight Club. Only the club is an office, and the insanely well acted and written characters fight in glorious bouts of like a brutal, like a combination of brutal comedy and I don't know, gore and wordplay. Because it's like the the way they talk to each other, it is like a battle, like how they talk. Mm -hmm. So, and it's very corporatized, like how people would talk to one another to kind of, in a way, be super nice, but also kind of a dick. Sometimes Kurt. Facetious. Right. Yeah. Like it's like the way that they did that, I thought was really good. Uh, Steven Yun, who who loves Dave Matthews, by the way. And Samara Weaving, who who loves... <laughs> who Joe had to, like, hunt down to be able to get fucking rights for them and talk about it for right. the movie, too, which is hilarious. But Steve, Steve, <laughs> Steven Young, his character, Derek, loves Dave Matthews, and Samara Weaving, who loves... I love this post-punk and metal. She names off DRI, mm-hmm. Dirty Rotten Imbeciles, which is, like, something I used to listen to as a kid. Everyone listened to DRI as a yeah. kid. And like metal, she's like into metal, but they're goddamn great together. They have a lot of inside jokes. The camaraderie's really good. Um, obviously, I mean, honestly, the whole cast is pretty fucking goddamn dynamic together. Yeah. From start to finish, all the characters perform and act like really, really well together. Like I liked all the characters in it. It is a little bit of a different brood of acting. Like I'm not going to say that it's it's bad acting. It's just a different style. Yeah. That they were going for for the overall tone for this movie. It's not serious. Right. At all. It's similar to the Belko experiment, but it's way different in vibe. So, yeah, yeah, like the overall tone of this movie is is more fun, and the director and the crew quite literally nail it with that vibe that's like fun, and it's okay to laugh at. 
It's 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 a little bit more like some of the characters are kind of sadistic. It's got a little bit of it's they're not I wouldn't say more sadistic than Belko necessarily, but just they're more like caricatures of or like the characteristics of these characters are done in a way that each character possesses like some sort of character trait. You know what I mean? Where it's almost like kind of like a wrestler would be in a wrestling ring that's drenched in blood. And corporate papers everywhere and Xerox mm-hmm. machines and fun. I don't know. That's what I think of it. They're like polar opposite movies for me. Like, I didn't have fun at all watching the Belco experiment. Like, good movie, but I didn't enjoy myself. I can understand it. that. However, with Mayhem, I had so much fucking fun. Like, I mean, I'm laughing my ass off and you're rooting for them the whole time. But they do a really fantastic job at you build a rapport with the characters with like every character because they make them relatable okay so to me each character that they introduce you you've met that person you've worked with that person like you understand why they have that kind of relationship i can say the same about the belco you can do that with belco too but i felt like there's too many people involved on that one so you can't get as familiar right um because they can't focus on as many people Whereas, it's a little more jovial in this one. Yeah, this one's a little bit more... You don't... I mean... It's in, fucked up and sadistic, and they is, do some fucked up things. It is fucked up and sadistic, but... It's, it's, but and it puts you in a zone that you're not uncomfortable you're laughing. You're not a, upset about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, there's not this... There's and no point... Even when, like, they... One of the coolest characters, like, dies, like, instantly in the beginning, and you're just like, you're not even sad about it. Like, I was a little sad about it, but I was like, oh, my God. What are they going to do to fix this? Like, how is he going to resolve it? You know, like you're interested on how it keeps going. Well, and part of that, I think, has to do with the fact uh, that comfort zone is also because they the the point that they keep making in the entire movie is that while there was a case of this outbreak of this ID seven that attacked some people and then this guy killed somebody, but he wasn't held accountable yeah, because because the drug or the, the virus made him do it. It wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. So there is this sense of. You know, well, there's a there's a precedent already in place, right? That doesn't make you want to like feel bad for it because they're uncontrollable anyway, right? So it's not a matter of are you a good person or a bad person. It's like, well, these are just all bad people because they can't help it, right? Although you kind of start to feel like they still have a little bit of that control. they're enjoying every bit of yeah, it. They yeah, they still have a little bit of control. Yeah. Basically, guys, the idea here is it's this virus that attaches itself and attacks your id, pretty much. So any, like, crazy impulses that you have that you can't control or anything anything that's, like, repressed, any, like, repressed um, emotions, whether it be anger or lust or um, happiness or whatever, like, that's what it attaches. Yeah, you don't have that filter or buffer. There's no filter anymore. Like, yeah. so a lot of people, it just takes a couple of drinks and then they have no filter anymore. It's like that times a thousand. Right. So that's pretty much the idea behind the virus. People fuck, people kill, people laugh inc- uncontrollably. Yeah. Like, there's just a there's, myriad of different, um, yeah, whatever you're feeling. Whatever, whatever it is, it's the most repressed emotion that's in your body. Like, and right. some people are just... As they show with like the nine specifically, like they are pretty much emotionless robots because they all are the same. Right. There's nothing about them really that changes. The only one that does is the boss because he's a fucking coke fiend. So he's (laughs) doing copious amounts of fucking cocaine the entire time. And it reminds me of Jack Nicholson and The Departed. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely feel like this movie is a, a way different vibe and style. 
it's a blast. It's 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 a lot of fun. It's kind of like, hey, I'm just gonna go on this ride real quick at the at the Disneyland or yeah, Disney World. But it, it's not. I mean, it's it's great. It's fun. But it still tells a, a good story, and you build a good rapport with the characters. Oh. And the two of them together are really good. Um, Samara Weaving she's and, and Stephen Yen. Uh, yeah, she was. Uh, she's just fucking hot. First of all, like, sorry, she's just just hot. Yeah, well, she's a pretty hot. She's a big she's star hot. right now. You know, and if you heard her she's talk, a great actress. Yeah, her voice is adorable. Yeah, she's like Australian or something. Hotter. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be wrong because she could be Kiwi, and then I always get into trouble because I have friends from Australia and and uh, New Zealand who get uh, pissed yeah. at me when I can't determine the difference. Accents make the accent made her like a million times hotter to me. She was already hot, and then you give her an accent. I'm like, ah, why? <laughs> so unfair with your big, giant blue doll eyes, you bitch. <laughs> wow. But <laughs> I, I hate and love you at the I same do. time. I'm a hate fucker. She's anyway. she's gonna be big. She's she's already is. She's, well, she's like a, a hot she's new a good. talent. Yeah. And then and she's good. She's really off. sells. She's, she she's really not, sells her acting. She does. She's not just a pair of tits that's good looking. And might she I actually add, actually can act. I think this is a make it or break it thing for Steven Yin because, you know, you've been invested in him for so many seasons of The Walking Dead. A lot of actors couldn't go into another acting role. I'm not saying that they're not good actors enough to do it. I'm saying that the that people envision you as a certain thing. Everyone sees him as Glenn. Right. And you he did it. He really did a good job in this. And I was like really worried about that because I was like... Well, he was phenomenal. It's like watching, you know, fucking Tom Green try to do a serious role. Well, it's any comedic actor trying to do a serious role. Well, like, I don't know. One of the biggest reasons why people shit on one hour photo so much is because they can't fucking split. Separate it. They can't separate that fucking comedic role for Robin Williams and then look at him in one hour photo, which is one of my favorite movies, right. by the way. Well, it's kind of so fucking creepy. And no, amazing. yeah. That part where he's sitting on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> she walks in or whatever. It was Ugh. like, uh, but yeah, so I mean, I totally get it. Uh, what's his name? Fucking uh, Jim Carrey doing shit like that. He's a, yeah. You know, he had to fight his way to try to do that. And, you know, say what you will about him now, but you know, yep. he's, he went I, a completely get, different direction. I thought get, he did good on both sides. Yeah. People get pigeonholed. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Exactly. They get pigeonholed. And a lot of people were worried. I mean, obviously he can do fucking serious roles. Right. That's well, obviously, what he's yeah. done, but, but then he, he did came comedy. Out, yeah, but then he and then he came out and did two fucking movies. There's some fucking really funny so, scenes in this movie too that made me laugh. He's, he's phenomenal. Like yeah. he is so good. She's fantastic. Like right. they have this perfect relationship. They play so well off of each other, which is one of the things that I enjoyed so much about it is because they're believable. Right. So I don't know. Like this was very like very serious type movie but very, i don't think but so done very, i don't think it was serious at all Well, the idea if you look at it just on paper like without taking into account like the comedic elements or whatever if you just look at the general basis of the story on paper it's more of a serious kind of story essentially but it took it in this like light-hearted route and made it really fun so that's like i don't know you okay. don't you don't take it necessarily you don't really take it seriously okay so i i feel like it's it's like where the belco experiment you get comedy sprinkled in this yeah, is like predominantly was... comedy mixed in with a couple of serious moments so yeah. it's like the exact polar opposite completely of the same story almost exactly like, the like same environmental thing this is the very serious thing that could actually happen in a way right and this is how people would really respond to this light-hearted fun 
you know, this most likely would never actually happen. No, but but it's just cathartic in the in the sense. It's a breath of fresh it's, air. It's a little bit easier to be to for it to be a cathartic experience for the viewer because there's no real accountability for feeling like a douchebag or feeling yeah. bad because the the tone they can't control it. Yeah, they they can't control it, so it is different. But is there some cool trivia that you found on this? Or? Yeah, a little bit. So they actually shot this movie in Serbia. Belgrade. Which is interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and it's cheaper, it, probably. That's it, exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, they did it in 25 days. Uh, one of the biggest reasons, actually, was that most 25 of the, days? 25 really? days. It's pretty good. That's amazing. One of the biggest reasons why they went with Serbia, not only because of cost, because they didn't get a very big budget for this film. I didn't can't get actual figures on how much yeah, the budget was. It it's like impossible. They didn't give it out at all. But And it wasn't an, in theaters, either. So No, but they had an original budget that they wanted, and... When they, you know, when they contacted Joe to tell him that they were greenlighting it, and he's instantly excited, and they're like, "Wait, wait, wait!" But not for as much money as you were hoping wanted, and so they had to do this. It's considered like a lower budget movie. Sure. So one of the biggest problems is they went to a couple of they went to an area like I think they said Pittsburgh was one of the areas they went to first um, to try and film it, and then they went to New Orleans, to uh, Canada. And the biggest, like, the longest time they could get, like, one place was eight days, one day was ten days, one was fifteen days. And then they went to Serbia, and he had worked at Ser- in Serbia when he was filming Everly. So that's how he was like, well, I guess we could try here. And they got the location for 25 days to film the movie. Wow. For like, I guess probably cheaper than what they were going to pay for whatever you got to do man yeah so they did it and they went that route and i had no idea so and obviously i don't think anybody could really because it's inside majority of the time okay it's inside an office building so how are you gonna fucking know yeah okay they did a good job of making it look like no no no, yeah no no i didn't didn't, you didn't take it out of you know that's movie magic you don't think about that yeah i just thought that was interesting i'm right unless everybody's like speaking in another fucking accent like you don't really consider that kind of thing right it's interesting Um, so this is one of his, the director Joe Lynch's movies that he, to him, he says that this is his most personal movie that he's done. Um, mainly because like mostly all of us, he was working a corporate job when he read the script for this movie and felt very connected to Derek's character in particular. Um, and specifically said, holy shit, I am this character. So he says it's one of his most personal connection films that he's done. And I'm like, understandable. Well, because <laughs> we've all been in this position, and you've all wanted to shoot your boss in the face. I'm sure at least once, or in your throw, imagination, or throw anyway. him off a balcony yeah. or whatever you want to do. Yeah, you know. So, well, did you hear what happened to him when when uh, he finished the film or whatever? He uh, his wife was like, "I want to see the movie," you know, oh, like, shit. and so he had it made to digital, and he put it up on the TV, and he said that I think it was like after it was done, immediately he started having a panic attack. And, like, ran into his kid's bedroom, curled up in a ball with the phone in one hand to call South by Southwest, which is where he was going to first show this film, mm-hmm. to call them and cancel. And she was like, no, 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 no. It's really good. She's like, I really like it. Like, he was like, it's, it's garbage. Like, I'm just fucking. So I think that also has meltdown. a lot yeah. to do with it because it was just like, 
You know, maybe, you know, when you're when you're behind the scenes, there's scenes that you have to cut, things that you have to do. You have to, like, cut off your favorite children. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, okay, this is my favorite child idea, and I'm cutting this other part. So, you know, you think about all those little fine, minute things, and you start fucking eating yourself because you're, yeah, you're just in your head too much. Yeah. So, but yeah, Joe, you did a great job, man. Fuck yeah. Um, like hands down, easily like one of my favorite movies that I've seen. Really? Okay. It's wow. A, I just I really really liked it. Is there any other trivia that you got? Um, I have. So when he was doing the casting for the movie, or when he had first started doing the casting for the movie, the actual first person that he cast was Steven. Really? Okay. Um, he has always been a fan of his character Glenn in The Walking Dead, obviously, because who fucking isn't? But he proposed the idea to his staff. And didn't receive any pushback, which he thought he was going to. And everybody was like, fuck yeah, that'd be cool. Like, yeah. see, see if it'll work, right? Like, whatever. <laughs> so he was like, oh, fuck it. Like, so he sent him a copy of the script, which Glenn, or Glenn, see, I'm doing <laughs> it. I'm doing it. Wow. But which Steven responded to instantly and immediately told him that he would, he's like, sure, man. Like, I'll play one of the supporting characters. No problem. You know, one of the people that, like, dies in the beginning of the movie, probably because that's what he's used to being offered, is, like, supporting roles or, like, smaller character bits or whatever. And Joe's response was, no, dude, I want you for the lead. Like, you're the fucking guy. Like, I want you to be the fucking guy. And he was like, all right, <laughs> like, let's fucking do this then. And they got together and they did it. And it turned out to be absolutely fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, that was a good role for him, too. Yeah. It was really good. It was, you know, kind of along the same lines of... I don't think... I think it was different. He had a little bit more style, a little more swagger. Yeah, for sure. He wasn't a little kid or, like, you know, this innocent guy that came into... He's not a pizza deliverer. Right. Like, (laughs) it's it's like you see him, like, become kind of an asshole a little bit. I loved it. So... You mentioned earlier that Joe is also an actor. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that he's in this movie? Um, I didn't see him, no. He plays the crazy IT guy. Is that him? That's him. <laughs> I didn't recognize him because his hair's down. His his hair's down and like right. fucking like wild as fuck. And he's, I didn't even he's the crazy IT that. guy. Yeah. And the whole time I'm just like that guy has to be significant in some way. <laughs> like, right. They they might have had an inside joke sort of in there maybe. Something. I didn't, I but thought, yeah, I did like him, that guy. I thought that was, was a great. funny character. He was yeah. a good character. He was a very interesting. Um and the scene that you mentioned too that you liked where they discussed their favorite bands. Um Right. Where Steven and uh what's her name? Samara? Uh-huh. Discussed their favorite bands. That's not in the script originally. Right, originally, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they actually were, they had stuff, they had some extra time and the cars weren't there to take them back to the hotel and they already had some areas pre-lit for the next day. And so they kind of just were like, well, fuck it. Let's just go hang out upstairs. And they're upstairs and just having this like organic conversation. They were talking about like what their favorite bands were. What their favorite bands and stuff were. Right. And then they, just an actual conversation between the two of them and they really liked how that played off for each other. Right. And you know, what's funny because Joe said... Because he talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. in the in the extras, he was like, he's like originally at first all they had was just this like they waited, they waited. in the hallway for the siren. Yeah, that's it. And then that was it. And he was like, well, there's got to be like some character development here where you can kind of like throw in these little weird quirky things in there. And then he uh, they were getting into a, a, a conversation about what favorite bands there were, and he realized that they weren't giving him answers of what they personally liked. 
but what their characters, the characters was, yeah they answered would like in their characters voices right which i loved yeah so they they did it this way so it's still like an acting exercise for them and but it worked really well so they wrote it into the script to yeah. film it and shoot it the next day so i thought that was really funny and then it led into this like glorious moment of when he hands her the phone to put on the iphone dock right yeah 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 i like lost my shit it was so fucking funny she's like better not be the fucking dave matthews i, I kind of wish it was <laughs> <I do> too. <laughs> it's been so so funny <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if they couldn't get the rights. Like, that's exactly how it sounds. Like, I wonder if they her couldn't... reaction is kind of how mine would be. Oh, me too. And, but you know what's the funny thing is, is that that's an actual real argument that people have about Dave Matthews. Oh, absolutely. That's like a like a legit like I've heard that from just about everyone. Everything he you says. You have not seen them live, so you can't say that. Yeah. Like well, they, everything like, he says is legit. Like I hear that his live shows are really the biggest. Yeah, me too. We've all heard that because that's every Dave Matthew fans' argument. Right. That was just a good moment, though. Yeah, I thought it was a little fun. Everybody just says they don't like the Dave Matthews band to be fucking cool by saying they don't like them. (laughs) Right. It was really funny, but yeah, it was. um, Wasn't the Dave Matthews band that they played? Yeah. What was it? It was like Foo Fighters. It was Faith No More. Was it Faith? motherfucker is the song i couldn't hardly hear it it almost sounded like foo fighters i like i was like why do i know this song and instantly mouse was like that's faith no more I'm like jesus yeah, like that. he like launched off the fucking couch because he's all excited he's like they're fucking playing faith no more and i'm like i was always more of a mr bungle fan I'm than like, i was okay. faith no more and i'm like oh you're right that's why i recognize this last but not least for me one of the things that i thought was hilarious is in the scene where derek's taking the video when he shows the reaper in the cart before they set him on fire oh yeah <laughs> there's a couple having sex in the background on right i saw that yeah i was that's and pretty distracting they are actually having sex in that scene what because they're an actual couple they really were they're actually fucking because i kept looking and i was like, like that looks real that looks like <laughs> they said that though and oh the- yeah it's in the trivia but you know who probably went and put it there the people that were fucking <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean that's dedication, but like it's awesome. I I just wonder how many times they had to do it. Who cares? <laughs> and good on him, I guess. Yeah, right? Jesus I'm like, Christ. all right. Well, I was like, well, I mean, it did look very realistic to me. So it did like, me too. But I was just like, I'm thinking to myself, like, like, I've seen porns where that looked more fake. Steve also said that he loved working with Lynch. That him and Samara would go to Joe Lynch's apartment and they would watch Tarantino films. Awesome. Like on their time off. And it was like this like group of friends. So they had like a really good experience. But there was a, a, a real life bad experience apparently that Stephen Yen did have with corporate America because he wrote a blog about his work. And I'm 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 sure that he's talking and referring to the MySpace days. Oh, I'm sure probably. Do you know what I mean? Because that was a big part of MySpace is people wrote mm, blogs. MySpace or Live Journal. Yeah, that too. Like apparently they they found his blog though. <laughs> and he didn't he was like, I didn't write like really terrible things about it, but they didn't really like it. And so I don't know if he got fired, but he said it really he felt bad about it a little bit. So he was talking <laughs> shit on his job. The uh, paintings that they used in the movie, which I thought was pretty a nice touch, uh, were painted by Nikola Markovic. Uh, and like you mentioned, they were in Serbia, right? Well, the nine, the people in the office at the top floor in the penthouse, seven of those people, other than the main guy, the main boss, and that older lady, 
were all Serbian actors. They were the top Serbian actors in Serbia. <laughs> Sweet. Who were playing the regular roles. Joe Lynch said, you know, I... I knew that I, I, you know, that there was a little bit of disdain for them not using their full potential, you know, but they did a really good job in what I wanted them to do. They just weren't written into the part and we had shown up and we needed extras. So awesome. But they did a really they I thought they did a good job. So yeah, all I had to do was make a throat cutty motion. And st- sit there, pretty much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Just looks serious. This is where we're getting a little bit into the spoilery territory. But the two girls at the very end were both Serbian models. Joe mm-hmm. said that both of them didn't even. One of them didn't champagne speak girls. English. Yeah, the champagne girls, which was such a ridiculous scene, by the way. I, we won't get into totally it yet. Over the top. Yeah, Christine was like, "Oh my god." Yeah, that's one that I could totally have done without. <laughs> I thought it was, but it led into something good. So. But that's it's you know it's playing on the tropes. Yeah, you know, fine. we'll get into that. In I didn't a little hate bit. it by any means. I just that was one I could have been like, meh. I could live without this. So should we get into our favorite scenes? Yep, you first. Steven Yun, the Derek Cho character, gets attacked in the lobby, <laughs> yeah. and uh, one of my asshole. dude this this whole like thing of like everything that happens in this moment is so great uh, because one his buddy Yuen who is like this Zen master to him because he's like the most cool, calm, collected and smart guy who's been in the business for a long period of time. And he can considers like a good friend. And Steven goes down into the lobby and some guy tries to attack him. So he beats the shit out of him. And then he's like, and the Ewan's like, what the fuck are you doing? Calm down. Like, he's like, I don't know. He's like, he attacked me and I just fucking, I leapt and I just fucking did it. I kicked his fucking ass. And then he turns around and punches some random dude. <laughs> so great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, then, oh my God. And then Ewan's like, Jesus. He's like, calm down. He's like, he's like, fuck, man. He's like, fuck this place. This is this mess is a blessing in disguise. Trust me. You don't want to end up like me. Derek's like, what are you talking about? You have everything figured out. And Ewan's like, no, Derek. This this is the meditation and in, in this incense. It's all bullshit. You think I t- like the taste of kale? Dude. Come on, I'm fucking dead inside. I'm fucking dead inside. <laughs> My whole life is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love that. That's so great. That was that was fantastic. It's kind of like a middle finger to the fucking to I the fucking it. corporate and that was, industry. And that was like the fun thing about it was that was like his repressed right. feeling. Sure, right coming out so that's, right. that's him just being honest about his life finally <laughs> like right that was his repress that, that was that was it for him that was his that was, <laughs> that his, was his yeah exactly that's so, so cool it was crazy i, I liked like, his I character it. i did too and it was so it's, sad yeah it really did suck maybe mad but at the same time i didn't I'm want like, him to already? Die seriously like i was like all fucking ready like it was like yeah. he was the first one i did not want him to die me either he was awesome i he wish he would have like teamed minutes, up he was glorious like right Oh, I was so mad, but then it, it makes sense because it helps to build Derek's fucking rage. Right? Yeah, so no, it, it, it totally does. Totally makes sense to the story. It does, but I do like to. I did like his character. I wish it wasn't so early. Right? Like I wanted it to be later on. Like, but it was like within the first like fifteen minutes of the movie, and then he's dead. I'm like, no, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And then everybody's like, "Oh." And by the way, we're spoiling shit now, guys. We just again, just, I just want to make sure. Because no, we're talking about so deaths and shit, so. But no, I know. It made me so sad. What about you? What is some? Uh, what's a what's a moment that uh, you like? When well, I like I love when they 
like they break into the um the maintenance little maintenance shed thing or whatever it is where they get all their tools and she discovers the fucking nail gun. Yeah. Excellent, because that's what I would have picked up. <laughs> really? Well, I would have picked that in the saw up. So and it's so me. funny because I can't remember who it is, but one of the guys from it's either the Grave Plot podcast or the Buzzkill podcast. Big shout out to you guys. Um, one of them was like, I fucking hate the fact when they use nail guns in a movie like that, because that's not how they work. Oh, yeah. And I don't. Well, I mean, nowadays they have safeties on them, so you have to actually push down to do it. Mm hmm. But I know that you can shoot them. You can. Cause I the old them. ones. The old <laughs> ones did. So I don't know. I don't know what the truth is because I don't fucking carpenter like anybody. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fucking carpenter. I, I'm not a. Yeah, Just I like don't I carpenter say, like this. I, <laughs> I don't math in public. Yeah. I don't carpenter. <laughs> yeah, I don't Whatever. carpenter. Um, but I, I like that scene. But then when they kill the Reaper is pretty great. Oh, that's what you were getting to. I'm sorry. That's what I was. I didn't mean to, to cut you off. That's OK. But I love when they kill him. Yeah, that well, that character in general is pretty great. He's fantastic. Like, I don't know. I, I really liked him. Like, he's such a good actor. That whole moment's really fun between them. And, yeah, the conversation between the three of them. Tapping the fucking cane on the desk and just... Well, how they play back and forth on each other. Like, they... And this is used multiple times in the mm -hmm. movie where they twist previous conversations that they've had with that character and they use it against them later on, which I loved. And it's just this beautiful play on words that they have. And it makes it a million times more entertaining, honestly. Don't they, like, set him on a fire and then she's, like... That's later. They send a video to the, like, They the set nine. him on fire in the video, yeah. Yeah. They, they're, they're filming like, this video and then they, you see that couple fucking in the background. Yeah. And then you see, see you this... See you soon, fuckers. Yeah, and you see this guy in a fucking grocery cart. Like, how the fuck... Oh, no, a mail cart. It was a mail cart. Yeah, it was... That, like, no, that's the guy. Cart. That's the Reaper. No, I know. I know yeah, it's him. Okay. But you see him... But to them, they don't know instantly. They don't know right away who it is. But you just see a guy in the background with his fucking guts, like, hanging into this cart. And then all of a sudden, they set him on fire. Yeah. <laughs> just, and everybody around's like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> they're all cheering. And then, like, before they kill him, like, they're fighting. And he's, like, on top of the girl. And he's, like, choking her. With, is he choking her with the cane? Or his hands? But he's I don't think like, it, yeah, I don't think he was choking. I think he was trying to hit her with the cane or Steven something, stuck, or stab her with something. Steven stuck to the table because he got the guy stabbed right. him with scissors. And he's like, extreme measures. Extreme measures. Extreme measures. But there's people standing in the doorway, and they all have money in their hands. Right, betting. And they're betting. Yeah. It's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. But then she like she grabs the power, the you know the saw thing, and then she just like. Boop, like eviscerates grinds up his much. chest and throat it's pretty yeah. great yeah and all the blood squirting all over her and shit even though it looked kind of fake it was still really cool one of my favorite moments like that shortly after that is uh when they go to talk to the siren that the chick who plays the siren and uh she's like the devil's whisper you know like that like in your ear like she's somehow able to like manipulate fucking upper management, management so that Everybody underneath her gets fucked and she doesn't get in trouble. She's the reason he got fired. Right. She has a therapist call from the CDC in the middle of this fight that they're about to have on level so eight with awesome. with her. And she's got the like level three card, so they need to get it from her. But the therapist asked how he feels. She was like, hey, Derek, how's it going? How you feeling today? How, how do you feel? And Derek's like, I feel like destroying mass objects and fucking and fucking murdering and fucking letting loose and all this shit. And he was like, he's like, I feel great, Mark. <laughs> I feel great. 
I love that. Tell you, I feel great. I feel great, Mark. Like just the way he says it and the smile on his face. That was so great. So good. Um, I love that scene too. Like they all come all fucking Mad Maxed out. Like, well, what the hell? (laughs) Like like around the corner, and they're like got the fucking war paint on and shit, and the girl's skirts all ripped up to like her fucking. I don't know, <laughs> hoo ha or whatever. And like, huh? They're all just like they're seriously like Mad Maxed out, except for right. It's really bad Mad Max. And too. I'm like, what the fuck? One of them's got like it's kill like, written on his shirt. It's and the like other drugstore Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. I was it's trying to read bad. what was on the girl's shirt or her. I don't know. It was Chaos pretty ridiculous. Yeah, like, that's stupid shit. But it, <laughs> I don't. I didn't even care because it was like it was hilarious, and I love the fact that they just look so stupid. Yeah, I'm like this. That's just fine. They just don't even care, this though. This is fine. Yeah, yeah they don't care. They, they don't care how ridiculous they are. There are no inhibitions. No, no one cares. Yeah, they're not here for style. I fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Meg. That stupid bitch. <laughs> she was fucking great. Which one's that? Her assistant, Meg. Oh, yeah, that was pretty funny. She's yeah, and Meg, why do you think that you decided that maybe putting my card in the microwave was a good idea? I did not see that coming. I didn't either. That was glorious. I, 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 just, I thought she was doing this like play on like trying to be still be the boss and her be her subordinate kind of situation. So I thought that this that was like a play between the two of them. So they didn't know that this card was sabotaged like on purpose, right, or something. So like I was fucking. That was they, her. I that was, was her. I'm not going to die. Card. Yeah. Yeah. I was riding along the whole way, and I was like not putting two and two together on that at all until yeah. like Meg was just like you fucking well, bitch or whatever. I'm like goddamn. Okay? If I wanted to be really picky in that particular situation, would you really just hand your card over to some random with that much power? I understand that she wanted to do it so that she wouldn't have no guilt complex about or like know where it was because she legitimately wouldn't and she would be able to sell it better that way but in the same respect she could have probably sold it anyway because she's a good liar she's a siren why would she didn't think and that's like that's why that was one of the things that i had a problem with too is because i'm like why would she do that right because of course given in this situation does she's gonna double time your ass loose logic for great finish though in particular it didn't even matter they didn't really show her get killed but they didn't and i was kind of sad but i think that's budget Maybe. I think you can chop that up to budget, honestly, because... Might be, yeah. It, it was cool when they showed her face on the treadmill, though, and the blood spatter on the wall behind it. That was that was funny. Dude. And she stole her shoes. When they finally make it <laughs> up... Samara stole her shoes. I loved it. Oh, that's it. right, yeah. I loved that. That was a funny little touch. When they finally make it up to the, the penthouse for the nine or whatever, and the big boss who's always doing cocaine or whatever... There's a, well, they don't make it up yet, but they they pull up Ewan's body from the basement, and then he unravels him and then pisses on him. And this is when fucking Derek loses. He it. loses his shit at this point. Yeah, dude, that was so fucked up. Like I was like, wow, and it looked like real piss. You know what I mean? Yeah, it did. <laughs> I'm it sure it wasn't, but you know, it was pretty legit, and that was one of the moments. That actually got serious, like, and felt serious. A little bit, yeah. It was mostly well, because like, where he gets he, sad. And he's crying. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like, he's got kids, like, so fucked up. Like, and that's, don't they fuck, like, right after that, too? <laughs> like, yeah, they yeah, do, that's yeah. so awesome. But inhibitions, yeah. I know? just saw them, like, look at each other and, well, they're going to fuck covered in blood. They're going to fuck, they're going to fuck, and they did it. And I was like, yes! <laughs> like, I love when people fuck covered in blood. Sorry. Yeah, and their pants on. One of my, yeah, I was like, they're not fucking. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. Who fucks in a bra, first of all? I mean, I'm not trying to ruin it for, you and know. And your pants are on. Come on, Steven, let me see your butt. Come what about on. you? Do you have another one? Um, I actually, I actually like the scene with the champagne girls. 
Okay. I like when they die. Yeah. That was awesome. Or she gets stabbed she in the neck or whatever. She stabs her in the neck with the fucking champagne flute. Glorious. I thought... But that leads up into the... Right. That scene of him fighting the boss, which was awesome. Well, and the funny thing is, is this is what I want to know. If I were to talk to Joe Lynch, I would want to know... Like, there's a scene where the end boss throws the cocaine in Steven's face. That's a classic, like, Japanese yeah. movie, I think. Like, it's a, it's a trope where they throw the dirt in the face, you know what I mean? And I, I just want to know where he got that, because I've heard that Joe Lynch, one of his favorite movies is, is Die Hard. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember them throwing dirt in the face or anything, but I feel like that that's a nod to something. But it's so funny because I've never seen a movie where they... Well, I've seen him throw coke in their face, but not like that. Yeah, I was like, they did it. When they're fighting, like, sword fighting, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's typical for, like, dirt or something. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But not coke. It's like a typical <laughs> trope in, like, fuck? some fucking... Samurai funny. sword fighting scene oh, or something. I have one that I forgot to mention. What? That I want to mention. Go ahead, actually. go ahead. It was prior to this when he's fighting the, oh, I can't remember his name um, or what they called him, but like the obvious like foreign dude, the big tall blonde guy that comes in to f- like that has the brass knuckles that Steven steals later on. Oh, the bull. The bull. Thank you. That's his name. Um, But the last fight scene between the two of them and he like um stabs takes him. the mace out well cuz he, he mouth, shoots yeah. off the gun so there's no bullets left it's in like, the gun it's like that's for pussies right and he puts the brass knuckles back on and then he's on top of him and then he takes the mace out to try and spray him in the face and then he ends up opening his mouth and letting him spray the mace into his mouth right and then he spits it into his fucking eyes yeah amazing yeah that was a really that made me go oh oh I went, God. ow ow <laughs> can you imagine if you put that in your mouth and like ugh. you would be choking and he really did a good job of he running did. to the he water sold that shit yeah. and i love that what happened after that when he like Stabs goes it. down to the water and he's trying to drink it out of the thing and then he's just like fuck it and takes his like little screwdriver and stabs the fucking water cooler right. and just like drinks it and i'm like oh my god wait well, he spits that was it smart. out like it, it was really he really did steven really sold that it was so good yeah he did like that, that was, was smart that whole I was scene like, was just really smart because you would be choking oh yeah you would not be able to breathe no he couldn't and like, he well he sold that he couldn't like he, he made it really real yeah I and think the whole so time too. i'm just like grasping my fucking throat like oh oh no ouch well before like, we pick our before? winner by the way <laughs> i don't want to fucking go into the winner yet but let's talk about our final thoughts and then we'll compare and then we'll pick our winner so what are your thoughts like on this one no i loved it overall yeah. it's like i said it's one of my favorite movies that i've watched especially in like recent years right um it was awesome from start to finish it's fucking blast yeah it's really fucking funny it's good pace it's very smart um it has a lot of cool kill scenes and like some good gore elements in it too like characters are good the characters are very very good um you can actually build relationships with each character and you can understand right why he reacts the way he does to certain characters and it's you know it's like a root for the underdog kind of moment and he's very believable in his role Okay. That's what I really liked about it. So, and he got to play somebody a little bit different than what he usually does, and he sold it, and he did a really, really good job. I think it's fair to say that if you were somewhat interested in the Belko experiment, that this would be a natural choice to watch. I agree. Um, I think it's, you know, like I said before, it's kind of like Fight Club meets Belko experiment. Stylish. They did a lot with a low budget. (laughs) They, well, lower budget. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I think that would be a perfect mix mix for you. And even if you don't like the Belko experiment, I think this is a good movie on its own that you could watch and still enjoy. So I don't know. I really like this one a whole lot. I liked them both really a whole lot. Like I really do. I liked them for different reasons. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like a two. It's like you know, like one of your kids is is kind of scary and sad, and the other one's like kind of happy and fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to abandon either one of them just because one of them's a little bit too real or one's a little too with... funny, too silly. Yeah. Probably spend more time with my happy fun kid. Yeah, you think? <laughs> I don't know. Just abandon the other one? No, just I'm kick not going to abandon them. <laughs> kick it down the stairs. You just, you just don't care about it. You're just one kid. You're just like, fuck it. You know, like go fend for yourself, mm. you piece of shit. Fuck off. <laughs> Get a job. Well, I'm four. <laughs> I personally... Uh, I think, you know, it's really hard for me to pick. I was talking to some of the guys over at uh, Movies, Films, and Flicks, F-L-I-X. If you want to check them out, um, they're actually doing an episode of the same thing next week as us. They haven't recorded theirs yet. Weird. And I pointed it out, and we were both (laughs) discussing how hard it was going to be to pick a winner for us. I was like, it's really tough. They're different, but, you know... Like, I don't know. I hope I don't pull the, like, both of them are winner winners, you know. It's, like, not difficult for me at all. It is for me because, one, like, I do like a really good thriller. Right. Uh, like, it, one one aspect is that the, the Belko experiment is a mixed mash of a lot of different emotions. It's got its funny parts. Um it almost has like an identity crisis a little bit with it mm-hmm. because it is serious and it is uh, there is some really intense moments in that movie. I think if you really sit and watch it, I feel like if you dedicate some real time to it, it is really good acting like the characters. There's a lot of really great actors in it. Yep. And some of the scenes are really tragic and like fucked up and, and make you question reality like like question who you are what would you be in that situation and ponder and there that aspect of it in general with all the actors and writing and like characters are the really good to me and then you have mayhem on the other hand which is super stylish did a lot with a low budget has some really great acting in it has a really good concept that's not necessarily realistic as like the Belko experiment, but is fun and does have its realism in there in in a smaller bites. You know what I mean? But it's more of a fun, like I could pop this movie in at any point in time. Yeah. Um, kind of feel for where Belko experiment, it's like, well, you you better be kind of, you might want to be in a better mood. Uh, to watch this, you know, a different mood. Or in a bad mood. Right. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe you hate everything. It's like, it's probably a good mood. movie to pop in when you get fired. I don't know. But I would think <laughs> Mayhem might be good too because it's a little bit more cathartic yeah. than Belko Mayhem Experiment. Mayhem will make you laugh and Belko will just make you want to go kill your boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, man. It's a really tough choice because they're very, it's, a, it's, even though there is a bond to the two of these for the theme. And one's dealing with like a, you know, a disease. One's dealing with, a, you know, some fucking conspiracy. Government. Yeah, conspiracy shit, which is kind of real. I think I would have to lean mayhem for me. Really? Yeah. But, I thought but it is so Elko. close. <laughs> it's so close for me. And the only reason I say that is because I could pop in mayhem and have a laugh. And it's a fun flick to watch anytime. I still really love fucking Belko Experiment. And it is no, no 
shit against it whatsoever. I think it's a well acted, well act, all the actors, everybody involved is great. So well, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. And Mayhem did win best film to watch with a crowd at the Toronto After Dark Film Festival. Right. So that's one of the biggest reasons why I also picked this movie is because I will watch it again at any point and not be bored. Yeah, they did a they did a smart job with it. Yeah, I was actually really surprised that you were going to pick Belko. <laughs> I, I <clears throat> kind of threw me through a loop there. I was like, no, I just I just have an appreciation like, for both of them, and it was sure. really it's really hard. We're talking like a point. Like yeah. I don't know. Like it's just a mood thing. If you want to have fun. And just go for a ride or and fix a bad day and laugh about something. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Like mayhem is really good. Yeah, that's is but a, if, all moods movie. You can still laugh and watch Belko, but it's like we said, or what I said earlier. Belko is like heavy, intense thriller moments sprinkled with really funny parts, like moments. Whereas mayhem is super stylish, funny all the time for the most part. In yeah. the, you, you're in on the joke. And then it does a couple serious moments in it. So it's like complete opposites in the same sort of story. So, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got to say. <laughs> We're done talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leave us alone. Fuck. <laughs> no, but yeah, guys, uh, what do you think? Like, have you seen both of these movies? Are you interested in seeing these movies? If you've never seen one or the other or both, would you watch these? Tell us what you think. I would love to hear what you think is the better one in any of our comment sections that we have it on. You can even write a comment on the actual episode link. Um, now, there is one thing that we got to do before we leave. Say, weren't we supposed to answer a question? Yes. And that's what I was going to bring up next. So the movies, films and flicks guys were saying that they have like a they were going to be doing the same exact movies that we were. And I wrote them and I was like, holy shit. I was like, that's awesome. I was like, I was like, great minds, hashtag great minds, you know, and I'm not sure if they took it the right way at first. They seem nice about it. I'm just saying like I, I it could be taken two different ways through text. The internet. So, yeah. So I was a little worried, but they were really cool about it. And I was like, yeah, I was like, no, I'm really excited. I'm glad that you are. I'm kind of interested interested with to see what you think and uh they asked us to ask them a question about what a question about those two movies for them that we would ask them and so i said which main protagonist is the smarter protagonist to survive this situation and why that was the first thing that popped off in my head and i told them that if they would answer it i would answer it and we would just you know Give each other a shout out. So what do you think? Who do, who do you think is the smarter protagonist? Uh, What's his name? Was it Mike? Mike Milch? The main dude from Belko. You think? Yeah. Why do you think he's the, 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 the smarter one? Because he's not making his decisions. Irrationally? Irrationally because of a virus that's making him make them. But he's that of, could be seen of, as a weakness too. He's of his right mind. Okay. And he survived to the end. So. Happenstance in a way. In a way. Because he but... didn't really kill people. Well, yeah, he he played it the smartest, honestly. Like if you watch it, and it's true because he didn't have to played, kill any. No, he didn't he have didn't. to get blood on his hands. Not till the end, right? You know, so he pretty much played it the fucking smartest. And I would try and follow him as much as I could. Like if I was put in that situation, so well, he almost got killed if it wasn't for that alarm system going off well, for or the, the lights power going. Yeah, yeah, like well, he would have been dead. Chick. It was the chick that saved his ass, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, she caused the power outage or whatever, but and she ended up dying. So it's like, yeah, yeah I know. Um, so you really think he's the one? The smart, yeah, I do. Just based on the fact that it's he is of his right mind. 
I mean, that's and a very you have. He to be, survived a way harsher situation too. He, true. I think that like I don't think his he wasn't trying to lure people in some certain way. That was literally his nature, and because of like everything that happened, survival came out even though he was trying to suppress it mm-hmm. no matter what yeah and his emotions his calmness his demeanor and everything went down or went away you know what i mean like he couldn't he couldn't fight it anymore yeah survival he's, was would find a way to me he's just smarter because he has control okay over what he's doing so he's not going to make a lot of crazy rash decisions well he doesn't have as much blood on his hand and he only killed the one guy that was trying to kill him yep, right pretty much did he kill anybody? I don't, I don't think, think he so. killed anybody. Not that I remember. Well, he the soldiers and the voice at the end, but yes, but he'd already been turned. But at I that mean, point. fuck, like Stephen Yun was a little reckless. He was a badass. He would make, he would make a lot of stupid decisions because he can't control what he's doing. He's just acting how he wants to in that moment. He's not thinking long term about anything. Well, he was more spearhead. Like I'm going to take on this situation because I have no inhibitions. Right. So he could have risked a lot while the other guy was being a little bit more careful. Yeah. But that's I think. but that's, in the same regard, see, I don't think he was being that careful because just I'm just putting this out there. Mike Milch shot the fucking tank and she was like, you do realize you just put those guys on your bad side and then they they go to shoot him. So he could have died. Yeah, he does just stupid shit, too. See what I'm saying? Like, he kind of does stupid, more stupid shit, but in the same regard, it's more of a happenstance thing that he ended up winning. Yeah. Whereas mm, Steven Yun, even though he had no inhibitions, he had nothing to prevent him from stopping him, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of like, hard. he was kind of a force to be reckoned, reckoned with. It's kind of hard to, <laughs> to make a choice on that, honestly. Duck your head and keep quiet or go straight for the jugular. What's the best way? Well, you know, they always say kill him with kindness. You think? Okay. In the long run, it's for I'd the long that, game. That's a really tough one for me too. I think you're 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 more at risk. Um, either way, like you could be considered weak, and so people won't see you as a threat as Mike Milch. Right. But in the same regard, if you're Derek Cho, you are putting your big target on your back. Mm-hmm. So you better be able to own up to it. So yeah, maybe the maybe the smarter choice would be to duck and cover, I guess, yep. <laughs> and be passive aggressive. Or... I just think Mike's the smarter one, but okay, I, I kind of thought. agree with you. But it is it is a tough choice. There's a it's a hard decision or it's a hard choice between the two and because of what a lot happens of to them. Factors yeah. that go into it. Yeah. So the the situations are different. So I think you need to be Derek Cho in the end. For sure. But up but until that point. started out as Mike. Yeah. If he would have started out as Derek Cho, would he have lasted as now long? his ass would have been dead. Right. He would have put a target on his back. So you're probably right. I'd have to give it to, yeah, his ass to Mike Milch fucking dead from uh, the Belko experiment. Yep. So at least we have one winner on each side for that. But yeah, Mayhem, guys. We we definitely, I think it's a, it's a way more stylish, fun movie. Uh, I hope that is fun. And thank you guys so much for listening this week. Definitely give a look at movies, films, and flicks. You can check them out at moviesfilmsandflicks.com for all of their stuff. I'm going to be listening to them too, so it might be cool to just hear someone else's opinion. So thank you guys so much for coming by this week. Uh, If you get a chance and you haven't listened to the Monday's episode, we had a really interesting uh, grave plots about people popping. Popping. Yeah, that we made up a movie. It's pretty fun. I thought it was fun. Uh, But give that a check and some of the news and stuff. And we'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode for Monday and Thursday. So thanks again for stopping by, guys. Stay weird, monsters. monsters.
so good. 